is biblical counseling? What's the difference between that and secular or even Christian counseling? Who governs what we can and cannot say in counseling? Why biblical counseling when there's a whole field of licensed professional counselors who seemingly want to help people? What standard do we use for helping people seek and find peace? All of this and more in today's conversation with Ursula McCarthy. This is a huge topic, and I will say up front, this episode um, doesn't even really begin to scratch the surface, but it is kind of an introduction to this topic. And uh, just so you know and have kind of context for where this fits into the conversation, I will be having several more episodes on this topic that dive into different aspects of biblical counseling and this whole conversation. So um, don't worry, this is not the only episode I'll do on it, and I don't believe it's exhaustive by any means, but I do think it's a good introduction to some of the concerns around secular and Christian counseling as compared to biblical counseling. And I think that it, it opens opens that conversation up and kind of sets the stage for the rest of the content that I plan to bring to you in the coming months. Before I play this conversation, I just want to remind you that this podcast is supported by listeners. And what I mean by that is you sharing this with your friends, you leaving reviews, you spreading the word, texting an episode that you um, enjoyed to a friend that all helps me continue to grow, to get found, to continue to get sponsors, to continue to um, make this podcast possible. So uh, in advance, just thank you for whatever you can do on that side of just spreading the word. And last, I want to mention that I've noticed that the more that I talk about um, this this whole field on Instagram, the more we circle the conversation of mental health or counseling or psychiatry, psychology, the lower my views are on Instagram. And this is just a hypothesis, just a theory. Um, I saw Ali Stuckey say the exact same thing, and she's been talking about antidepressants and um, just that in that facet of the mental health world, um, just the truth about how SSRIs really do hurt some people, not all, but just talking about the risks and and some of the unknown, you know, data behind those. She's had the same thing happen on her channel. Now, I don't know why that's happening. Sometimes Instagram makes changes to the platform that, you know, changes to the algorithm that affect what gets shown, what doesn't get shown. But I also wonder if this conversation in particular is kind of being throttled and, um, actively suppressed because it goes against the mainstream narrative. It goes against what the secular, I mean, what is driving so much of even, you could go so far as to say, you know, LGBTQ ideology, this um, secular counseling and therapy narrative that says, you know, we have to affirm whatever someone beliefs about themselves, their gender, their sexuality, that is the standard of the age that we live in. That is our national religion, in a sense now. Pride has become the nation's religion. And I just wonder, I I don't know, I can't prove it, I just wonder if this conversation is kind of being actively suppressed because it flies in the face of that. Um, So I don't know. But what I will say is, I'll continue to put content out. I'll continue to point to it from Instagram and Facebook and other places to this podcast. But this podcast is 
definitely the place where I can have the most robust conversation around it and share the most without being penalized, um, you know, for, for putting that content out. So, um, keep that in mind. If you are not seeing me in your feed, it's probably because you're, you know, you're not seeing me in your feed. You're going to have to go find my, I've heard over and over again from people that they have to, you know, um, basically scroll to the end of their stories and my face there in, in stories is at the very end, very end where normally I would be up front. So just anecdotally, keep that in mind and, um, you know, search out the content if it's, if it's what you're looking for. Okay. That's all I have. So here's my conversation with Ursula McCarthy. All right. Well, Ursula, thank you so much for being here with me today on Kindled. Thank you for having me. So just so listeners know, um, Ursula McCarthy actually goes to church with me and she is an ACBC certified counselor. Um, and she leads, um, you know, the counseling program at our church and is just a, a blessing to, to the body. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. So Ursula, uh, I kind of approached you, um, about a month ago on this topic and, just shared with you that I had seen some concerning conversations happening online around counseling that, um, you know, were newer to me, this, this kind of accusation towards, or, or maybe a, a differentiation between biblical counseling and secular counseling or secular Christian counseling and a diminishing of the legitimacy of biblical counseling and really kind of calling into question its, um, its ability to, help people, its ability to deal with situations of abuse. Like I, I've seen a lot of accusations leveled, but not a ton from those themselves who are counselors or or who are actually experts or, or professionals in, in either field. It's mostly kind of the lay people who are just like, well, this is that and this is, you know, and I, I really wanted to hear from someone who actually has a really solid foundation on what it is, what it isn't, and could kind of speak to some of these conversations that I've seen flying around. So that's why I um, wanted to talk with you. So if you would, starting out, could you kind of give us um, a lay of the land here? Like what is biblical counseling and how does it differ from both secular counseling and then even Christian counseling, quote unquote? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um Thank you again for having me yeah. because I agree this can be very confusing. Um, and just a little bit about me. I am an ACBC certified counselor. I also have a master's in biblical counseling, and I also have a degree in psychology mm -hmm. um, and just my bachelor's degree, though. Um, so it's a little bit different. And I decided that um, once I actually started working with people that wasn't the way I wanted to go, um, because there wasn't a foundation, it, it didn't align with what my worldview was. And so I'm working with coming... people in a, in a counseling setting or yeah, but, yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Okay. I was actually working with juveniles in the prison system. Oh, wow. And it was pretty shocking as a college graduate, um, just, you know, just the depravity and, and just some of the, just the, the terrible situations that people had gotten themselves in, or they were placed in um, that kind of thing. And, and what I decided um, after doing that um, for about a semester was that I needed to 
um, find a different way. Um, and because I felt like a lot of what I was told wasn't very effective for what I was, um, doing. And so because of that, I did go to seminary. I decided to get my master's in biblical counseling, uh, and Christian women's studies and, um, that to be my emphasis. And then even getting that degree wanted to be even more qualified to um, counsel well. And not that we aren't all called to counsel and we all do counsel, <laughs> just question of we counsel ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. But um, I just wanted to be more qualified to counsel some more difficult cases and needed more training. And so that's kind of where I'm coming from. But the difference I would say, well, let me start this way. What are the similarities between biblical counselors <clears throat> and even secular counselors, integrationists? That's the Christian counselor who integrates psychology or psychology and Christian mm -hmm. Christianity into psychology is I think everybody has the motivation that they want to help people. I don't think there's any um, nefarious motivation going on with someone that anybody is out to, um, malign everyone I've ever really met on any side of mm -hmm. the fence, uh, is it's really about coming alongside hurting people and trying to help them. Mm -hmm. And so from that perspective, I think we all are at that same starting ground. I think where, we start to separate is where our worldviews align. Mm -hmm. And um, in biblical counseling, the authority that we go by is the word of God. And in secular counseling, they're going to go by their experience, their reputation, um, the theories that they've learned in school. And there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of different theories so depending on your individual counselor, they kind of pick and choose what they feel like works for them. Um, there isn't just a one solid authority that they can go by. So you can go to one counselor and get one um, set of counsel and you can go to another and get something completely different. Um, and so with that, that's, that's a pretty large separation of... Um, our differences. Also, how we view human beings. So in biblical counseling, we view man as fallen from the fall, from Garden of Eden, um, and that he has a sin nature and he's depraved. Mm -hmm. um, but also his goodness is defined by God as being um, made in his image. Mm -hmm. that he has a rescuer, a savior that has come and wants to come and um, free all of us, really free us from some of our, you know, the, what we're slaves to. Um, and that could be sin. It could be a slave to our suffering. Um, and that's a lot different from psychology because a lot of psychology goes back to Rogerian and where man is basically good. Um, and so that's a big difference. Um, also that a man can self-actualize. I can make myself with just a little bit more willpower. 
I can make myself who I am. Mm -hmm. And of course, in Christianity, we don't, we don't believe that Um, our identity has to be grounded in Christ and it's through Christ. That is our complete and total foundation in biblical counseling. Um, well, in the word of God, it talks about, it's the heart of man that defiles us. And, um, it's a worship disorder and reordering our loves and putting, um, loving the Lord, your God with all your heart, soul, and mind in your neighbor as yourself. And, and that being our, our highest priority, whereas in secular counseling, um, they believe a lot of our problems are commonly come from outside of us. Mm-hmm. Our environment could be our parents. It could be those things, but what we want to do is not just look at the fruit of what's going on in your life, but actually get down to the motivations behind what, what's really causing that. Right. Mm-hmm. So we're not right. just looking at symptoms. We're trying to go deeper. Yeah. Yeah. And that kind of, I mean, we're going to, I'll probably get ahead of ourselves here by saying this, but I, I feel like that, that points me, I think of the Bible verse, you know, that Paul, um, forgetting the reference where he says, like, I've learned to be content in all circumstances Is that Philippians, um, where he's, he's just saying like in, in want and in need and in, in everything I can be content. And, um, you know, I think that that touches at the heart of what you're saying is that yes, many of the problems that you probably see in your counseling office, right. Are there are issues people are dealing with that start outside of themselves, but in order to get to a place of peace, right. Internally, which is what everybody wants. Like they want to be okay. They want to be able to handle it. Maybe not okay in the sense that it just, it goes away, but they can deal with the problems or the difficulties in their life mm-hmm. that you have, you know, scripture's approach to that is going to be very different from an approach that is secular that does not have scripture as your primary authority, right? Of truth and of right and wrong and of, you know, really Jesus himself telling us that I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but through me. And that I, you know, our our peace is because of what he has done on the cross, not because our mother-in-law stops doing this or that, or because our sibling relationship suddenly resolves, or because the person that wronged us finally says they're sorry in the way we wanted them to. Like, all of those things may happen or they may not, but the Christian can be, you know, um, can be at peace with God and man, regardless of their circumstances. And and I don't think, you know, again, I want to hear from you on, well, how do we then avoid, you know, abuse or, because that's always the comeback is, well, so what you're saying is it's fine for other people to just do whatever they want. And I just have to learn to deal with it. That's kind of what you're saying. Um, but I know that's not what you're saying. So, um, so could you kind of respond to that, that accusation? Yeah. So yeah, that's not what I'm saying. Um, (laughs) it's not that, but what I think we're saying a lot for a lot of counselees, um, they're dealing with a lot of unresolved past issues and, Mm -hmm. you know, you can't change your past. Yeah. Um, but you definitely can control your response to what goes on in, in your future. And um, it's it's kind of grabbing hold of taking every thought captive and recapturing the real estate of your mind and, and what you're focused on. And again, it goes back to the, your loves. Am I um, 
just loving what I want in that moment, in that time, or am I able to love the Lord and my neighbors myself? So speaking of somebody who's a doormat or, or somebody who is, is being abused, um, no, we, we definitely would go straight to scripture to say that, um, you know, that, uh, we're not even to associate with an angry man, it says, and, um, there are provisions even for, uh, if, even in marriage to be separated, um, when necessary, uh, and hopefully all those separations are so a person can come back together. Um, but we also want forgiveness and for reconciliation to occur there has to be two sides. It's not just one-sided it's, mm -hmm. it's two sides. Mm -hmm. um, and so we just work with a person of, they can only take responsibility for their part. Um, you can't take responsibility for what somebody else is supposed to do. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you can own your part, you can be at peace mm -hmm. and you can allow and pray for the Lord to work in that other person. I want to take a second to tell you about a sponsor for Kindled, and that is Annie's Kit Clubs. Annie's Kit Clubs are amazing ways to engage in creativity with your daughters. So what I love about Annie's Kit Clubs is that they come with everything you need to encourage your daughter's inner artist and watch her creativity soar. It's created for girls ages 7 through 12, which uh, I have two in that category. And so the Creative Girls Club offers them a new world of crafting inside each and every single kit. They get two kits per month. So inside she'll find easy to follow instructions and all the materials that she needs to get crafting with minimal adult supervision. That is key for me. She will learn fun skills that will last a lifetime, including painting, beading, stitching, paper crafting, and so much more. I love this company. I love that they are helping us spend time with our girls, get engaged, helping them be crafty and creative, and just something fun to look forward to in the mail every month. Check out Annie's Creative Girls Club. Scroll down to the show notes of this episode and click the link in order to get signed up and get yours on the way today. Get 50% off your first month of an Annie's Creative Girls Club box when you scroll down to the show notes and click my link, get signed up today. Yeah. So, um, regarding, you know, uh, maybe the, can you help us understand like, what are the differences in, um, licensing? Because I know that ACBC is, is, uh, well, what does that stand for again? Can you share that with us? Sure. Association of certified biblical counselors. That's right. And they're, they're a certifying agency. Mm -hmm. Um, and with any certification, if you're a financial counselor or whatever kind of counselor you are, and um, typically there is going to be some type of certification agency that can come along. And basically when you're certified by that person, there is a standard of conduct. There is a standard of education. Um, there is mm -hmm. a, a standard that is to be met to receive that certification. If you are a secular counselor, you have been certified and you have to go through whatever training they require by the state. And the only issue with that is that the state actually restricts reliance on the word of God mm. to be used within the counseling room. And 
that's a problem if you're a Christian and yeah. you've been restricted. How do they and, restrict it? Um, well, I mean, I don't have the certification bylaws in front of me. Um, and honestly, I haven't read them in years and years. Uh, but, and so I don't know how much they've changed, but if somebody comes in and you're a Christian and they want to receive counsel that is contrary to your Christian beliefs, your Christian morals and values, but they still want to receive that you are by law required to give them the counsel that they would like. Hmm. So that would be coming from the state and their standard of care in a sense. Correct. Right. Correct. Yes. And, um, that would, I'd have a problem with that. Um, mm-hmm. I do have a problem with that. And that's why I went away from, um, that type of therapy to a mm-hmm. biblical worldview. Um, because if I feel like somebody is really struggling with their identity, I want them to run to Christ. I want their foundation to be built on Christ. And if I'm not, they don't want to hear that, then um, I don't have a lot for them. I, you know, I don't have a lot for them. When someone comes into me as a biblical counselor, I let them know right up front, here is how I'm going to be counseling you. And that's what we do in our center here. Mm-hmm. Um, everything is based on the word of God and it's based on scripture. And um, we want to show you in scripture how this can apply to you in your life and and bring you the love of God and and the peace that mm-hmm. does surpass all understanding. Hmm. And so when someone takes issue with biblical counseling, mm-hmm. they're taking issue with, you know, what I hear is, um, well, there's abuse in churches and well, they're not certified, meaning they're not certified by the state, right? So they have a different, but as you've expressed, all certification organizations are, is just some group of individuals who have agreed to some standard. Correct. Like, that's all it is. It's, Hey, these are the standards that we agree to. This is how we're going to judge people. This is how we're going to evaluate them. Um, cool. And then everyone says, yes, great. I, I agree to that. So I, I personally don't, I, I mean, obviously I don't understand the trepidation around this, especially from Christians who are just so find it so easy to understand that we can't trust the CDC on everything or the FDA and they question the ingredients in their food. And, you know, why can't I get raw milk when it's actually better for, you know, all these different things, like people are willing to ask questions on, but suddenly when it comes to counseling and matters of the heart and the mind and how, what God has to say to that suddenly, no, 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 we need the state. The state knows best here. This, and I feel like it's a, it's a dependence. So much of it is like, well, the research shows, well, the latest, the, the latest studies, the latest science, the research says X, Y, Z. And there's this idea that Christians are not going to go along with the research. Right. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> correct. <laughs> because the research is also showing that, you know, 11 year olds should be having uh, mastectomies and, you know, and, and being changed genders. Right. So I mean, hello, like, I, anyways, I don't know. What what would you say to that, that claim that like, we're not kind of following the science and we're rejecting brain development or this or that, all of that? Yeah. Um, well, I, 
I firmly object to that, uh, number one. Um, but number two, if you do look at the social science and the efficacy of counseling, um, lay counseling, lay counseling, these are uncertified counselors mm -hmm. actually who are still trained, but not even at the, at the, what the state would say are every bit as effective. This is not my research. This is secular. And there's been so many studies done on this because they keep saying those are wrong. We have to do another study. And every single study comes back hmm. and says the exact same thing that it's really about caring for the individual mm -hmm. coming alongside them speaking the truth and love into their lives. Now, from a Christian perspective, we want them to grow in their relationship with Christ. Right. We want to um, help them see that God can use everything that's going on in their life, even the, mm -hmm. the horrible, hard things that God mm -hmm. can redeem that and that he wants to love them through that. And we can help shoulder that burden with them. That is, I think, biblical counselors' greatest mm -hmm. desire. And the secular studies show that someone who is willing to come alongside someone and carry their burden with them and help them in that way is the most effective counsel that anyone could have. So the studies show that it's really about having someone on your side, someone who cares about you doing all the things you just described. It's not about the the letters behind the name in a sense. Correct. And right. you know, here, here's the one thing. Nobody counsels you more than you do. Mm -hmm. um, and I believe it was Paul Tripp. Um, he said something to this effect. He says, nobody counsels you more than you do. You are an unending conversation with yourself. Mm-hmm. And you are going to be counseling yourself as to the sufficiency of Christ, the sufficiency of his grace and his mercy being poured into your life, or you are going to be preaching to yourself an anti-gospel mm, of wrongness, yeah. of inadequacy, of um, just of basically having to be stuck in the middle of your problems and never yeah. getting through them. Right. Right. And even going back to what you said about Paul saying, I can be tent, I can have all things and I can be, have nothing. And I can be ten in all circumstances because of it's Christ, right? I can do all things mm -hmm. through Christ is what that, um, the end of that verse says. And that's what we want to show people in biblical counseling. Yeah. I love what you said about you can be stuck in your problems. Uh, that's a description of what I see in this modern kind of therapy generation. Like everyone and their mom needs to be in therapy for life. That worldview, I see that so much, especially with people younger than me, those in maybe the like 18 to 35 range, like that is prevalent and it is so destructive. Like I have seen people regress and go backwards and and literally emotionally crumble and unravel because they are in therapy week in and week out week out being told that they need to kind of go back and relive moments as a child and reprocess things and go back go back like this this excavation of the soul and the self and this 
it's just a lot. I mean, there's a lot of, they call it self-work, you know, and just this therapeutic experience that, that it feels they, they you know, I would imagine you feel really a lot of attention is paid to you. You're the star of the show. You're the one on the couch. You know, you're the, like, you're paying to have people listen to you, like paying to navel gaze essentially. And feeding that fleshly desire to, you know, vent, give full vent to all of your emotions and not process them through a rubric or metric of truth that is found in the Bible that would tell you some of these things are, you were actually in the wrong, or maybe you need to like, you're making a mountain out of a molehill here or um, just different things. I've, I've seen that this therapy generation, I don't know how to describe it. Um, is that something that you have witnessed? And, and what would you say to, to that? Well, I think, um, I think in some ways it's great that people are seeking counsel because we all need it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I said, we're always counseling ourselves and sometimes we need to be fired. Sure. Um, because we don't really give ourselves the truth and love. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that can be a hard truth, but sometimes that could be, um, just the mercy and the grace of God and remembering who he is. But I do see um, the self-esteem generation, um, is where we're at right now. Uh, and that that's a self-actualization, right? right? Back to kind of Maslow, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. It's very secular in nature and it's very me focused and it's the complete and total opposite of the gospel. Mm -hmm. It's a false gospel, right? The anti-gospel. I love it. You said that. Yeah, it, it is. And it is all about my becoming better in and of myself and God help us because that is not really going to happen. And I see that probably as a bigger, um, it's kind of a retraining of your thinking, because if that's all you've learned, you just need to follow your heart, which the word of God says, please don't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, our hearts are <laughs> deceitful. They deceive mm-hmm. us and we're blind to our blindness about our hearts. Mm-hmm. Um, but also just retraining ourselves in what, what are we hearing for the world that doesn't really align with scripture and it doesn't work for people. It's not going to work for you. You are not going to be able to hold up your own identity. You are not going to be able to do it. You are going, because you know why you know who you are inside, you know, your own evil thoughts Mm -hmm. and the things you think and the bad things you would want to do. And you do do that. Maybe you are caught, maybe you're not caught, but you know, you know, how sometimes you can't stand to be around people and you just don't like people. I mean, we're all like that. We all have, mm-hmm. we all have this inside. And so to just tell myself I'm great when I know I actually I'm not right. You're not going to be able to sustain, sustain your identity. But what Christ says is that you are rotten, but guess what? I've come to save you and save right. you from yourself. Right. I want to take a second to introduce you to a new sponsor of Kindled, and that is the Learning Well Journal. The Learning Well Journal covers all aspects of the homeschooler's life, home, homeschool, family, and faith. Get encouragement delivered straight to your home with Learning Well Journal, the quarterly print magazine that will equip and encourage your homeschool journey, the long days of motherhood, and your walk as a Christian homemaker. We know well that homeschooling does not just involve books. Homeschooling is a lifestyle. The pages of Learning Well Journal will enrich your homeschool, but they will also speak to all the areas of your life that make it so beautiful. 
Each issue is based around scripture and written from a Christian worldview and includes inspiration for meals and organization, ideas to create a home of peace and calm, and each issue is written in collaboration with parents with dozens of years of homeschooling experience, little ones through high school. To learn more and subscribe, visit alishahutchinson.com slash magazine. This uh, URL is linked in the show notes of this episode, but it is Alicia, A-L-I-C-I-A, Hutchinson, H-U-T-C-H-I-N-S-O-N dot com slash magazine. Use the code Kindled for $10 off an annual subscription when you order from the U.S. and Canada. That's Kindled for $10 off your subscription of Learning Well Journal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I think that's, um, you know, you're dead on with that, that you, we would, we would want to hear all of the things that, you know, would, would just feed the flesh and allow us to, to live according to it. Um, the problem I see so much with this therapy generation though, and like you described them, the, um, how did you, uh, what was the description you used? The self-esteem generation. Self-esteem. Yes is that the the issue with them like yes it's good they want counsel because they're real like they're realizing the problem right they they've identified i'm not okay you know so good job like you've identified that you're right but then they're they are replacing you know they're they're replacing they're trying to fix their issues with flawed thinking with bad counsel and that is actually leading them further into the pit of just destruction. And, and I've the other day, um, actually just yesterday, I came across this clip of a girl who's like a trauma specialist of some sort. And she was, she had taken the time to set up her iPhone to record herself having a mental breakdown. I mean, Uh, it, it was for, in my opinion, it was probably a little bit fake and staged because who has the, you know, present in a true breakdown, who has the presence of mind to like turn your camera on selfie mode and go prop it up and then stand there. She had music playing. It was very like experiential. Like she was there to get herself worked up and just was crying and hugging herself and tapping and doing all these like, you know, behavioral things to try and get through and process her emotions. I mean, it's, it's demonic and a little disturbing to watch, but she was just reciting all of the things that she has heard that have been told to her. Like, if they go low, you go high. Don't get angry. If you're angry, you can't be good. Don't get angry. Just like trying to tear down and kind of deconstruct all these bad ideas that she's believed about herself. And, and it was just, it was painful to watch. And like, that is, but the the people in the comments are applauding this as vulnerability and progress and rawness and and her seeking, you know, finding the true her, the the self-actualization, like you described, like the core authentic self beneath the surface. There it is. It's coming out. Now I feel so empowered. And of course, she was selling a course that she created on like how to do this for the price was $666. So, you know, red flag. But <laughs> it was just, it was wild. It was just wild to watch. And, and I, and yet, you know, when you look at the comments and the feedback from her 40,000 followers, by and large positive, they love it. Like this is what they feed on. They want, it means the flesh. It's just like, it's the flesh and it is deception. It's truly deception. But, um, you know, as I see, like, this is what has been, is being normalized with so many people is this like, absolute lunacy being called kind of growth. And it's like, 
there's, I mean, obviously we know there's tons of scripture that would oppose everything she did there, you know, including like a fool gives full vent to his anger and a wise man, you know, controls himself. There was no control visible. Um, and she would probably be one of those who's like, yeah, biblical counseling is abusive, you know, cause it doesn't give full vent to my anger. Like it doesn't let me express every feeling in my mind and heart. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's concerning to me to see the direction that things are going with that. Well, it, you know, it does also say in the word of God that the way of man seems right, but it actually leads to death. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, and it's heartbreaking when you see it, um, but there is hope out there. And for those who really want to know, and I would say I get a very large uh, percent of people that I see that have been to secular counseling, some for years Um, and they're there for years and they don't know why. And I'm like, there is a cure here. You, you do not have to be stuck. You do not have to stay here because, um, while we can't change your past, absolutely can't, cannot, cannot, we can help you. We can take you to the one who can redeem it Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and can show you a better way. And ultimately, um, if we are going to live for Christ, we have to give him the real estate of our mind. Mm-hmm. Our mind cannot be so consumed with ourself. And that is just that woman. It's more and more consumption of herself and she will destroy herself with her almost full desire. She will, she will consume herself. If all you do is think on yourself. I mean, I get there and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so sick of me. I don't want to, yeah. I, I don't want to be here anymore. Right. Right. Stop it. Um, and I've got to build it, wash my mind um, with the renewing and the with, wash my mind with the word of God, which is what it says in Ephesians five, right? Our minds are renewed that way. Yeah. Um, all the bad things, all everything, even things that can't be changed, you can get a different perspective on it. And so the abuse part, are people fallen, even biblical counselors? Yes. It, what I like to say, there's nobody in biblical counseling has ever abused anyone. Well, that would be, you know, I mean, school teachers have abused and I mean, all of these helps, these people who are supposed to help wolves can get in. Mm -hmm. It says that right in the word of God, right? Wolves get in and they come in in sheep's clothing, looking to devour. And so you need to understand who is counseling you and what kind of counsel are you receiving? And does it align itself with what the word of God says? Mm-hmm. So, so important. Yeah. And speaking of that, when, when we first talked, I said, there are the, you know, part of the conversation was around abuse and the SBC kind of sexual abuse scandal that came out. And I know that that's a whole different topic. There's a lot to to dig into there that some of these things were kind of like, dug up for mudslinging or potentially not even cases that should have been included anyway don't want to really truly get into that but just that has sparked some conversation around um well the church is you know a a perpetrator of abuse so how can the church be qualified to handle abuse within it right and so you know could you speak to to that kind of like what would be your you know your your thinking around that yeah um and, you know, I understand where people are coming from and it's so painful to watch a large organization, um, that 
has had um, a lot of abuse in it. And I think um, because of that, it's really great to see actually um, that we're trying to put more training out there to train pastors and counselors on how to be better, effective. Mm -hmm. um, I can tell you, even in our church, we we do all of our staff is actually done abuse training, even in working with state officials um, and the proper authorities. And so we can make sure that we're well-trained as a staff. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it is a problem if you're not trained on how to deal with abuse or you're not recognizing it. And I love ACBC is actually coming out with a whole um, training on abuse. We do training here also at our church. And that was actually um, one of the workshops I helped develop was on how do we handle abuse? How do we help somebody who's, how do we recognize it? Um, how do we help them deal with that? How do we use the systems in place in the church um, to help those people? Uh, and there are systems in place. And unfortunately, they're not utilized very well. But um, I can't speak to the ins and outs of what happened at mm -hmm. the SBC. Right. Um, anytime you hear about an organization <clears throat> that has had, you know, there was abuse in there and, and people didn't recognize it or they didn't see it. Um, but I don't believe you can do a broad stroke with the church of Jesus Christ mm -hmm. is now everyone's an abuser. And they can't help me at all because right. it's honestly, it's Christ. Right. And yeah. he, um, and let's, let's face it. The majority of people who are abused are women and Christ elevated women mm -hmm. over and over yeah. all through scripture, elevated yeah. them, changed their social status, gave mm -hmm. them a voice. Mm -hmm. And if we follow scripture and we help women, we can help them get a voice. Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. But we have, we would do that biblically. Yeah. Right. Right. I love that. Yeah. What you said about, um, they, you can't paint with a broad brush because I think sometimes we've, this culture has grown so accustomed to, you know, one bad thing happens and suddenly everybody who looks like that person or has that career, Oh, all cops are vicious and violent. Right. When it's like, no, there's, there are definitely cops who are corrupt and who abuse their power and authority, but by and large, most cops are wanting to do good for their community and they are upstanding people by and large. But when you take one individual and you say, now everybody is corrupted, everybody's polluted because of that one thing, you, that's not, that's not actually looking at things in reality. And that's not going to actually help the problem because you've misidentified the problem. It's not the group, it's the individual. Now, sometimes there are systemic issues. Sometimes there could be, oh, a lack of training or there could be, oh, well, you know, this research has changed. Okay. But that is true in the secular world as well. That is true there too. It's not just true in the church. It's true that, and, and we've already identified that if you don't have the Bible as your primary authority, as your ultimate authority, you have a systemic problem right there. Like that's a systemic problem with that whole, that whole secular governing body and authority system of advice giving essentially is that it's going to be coming from all over the place. You know, I mean, it's, 
and you can say it's from the research and development, but I'm sorry, but a lot of the scientists are not all people that you want to be listening. Not every scientist is someone you want to be listening to. Not every brain researcher or uh, psychologist or, you know, whatever funded studies that some of them are good. Some of them are also there to prove what they're, what they postulate, you know, they're there to serve a certain end. And so I just think we need to be a little more skeptical than just kind of blindly believing that everything that a state certified, you know, whatever says is, is necessarily best. Yeah. I think it is important for all counselors everywhere (laughs) um, to be better trained on recognizing abuse Mm -hmm. What do we do if we see it? But again, you know, the the word of God speaks to abuse. They don't say the word abuse because that's more of a modern English term, right? Mm -hmm. But they speak to it in time, in, in, um, words of oppression, right? It's about Mm -hmm. oppression and control of another human being and manipulation and, you know, what we want to do is we want to take people to where, what God says about how he is there. Um, Psalm, what is it? Oh, Psalm 99, the Lord is a stronghold for the oppressed, uh, a stronghold in times of trouble that we can then go to what that word of God says. How do we help them? How do we, um, if they need assistance practically, but definitely emotionally coming alongside them right. um, to help bear that burden and to give them the help we, they need. Um, so again, abuse is such a diminishing effect on a human being and their identity. And it's again, taking them back to what the word of God says about it. What happened to them doesn't get to define them mm-hmm. who they are in Christ defines them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, what other thoughts do you have on, on, you know, this, I guess, where do we go from here? Where do those, those people who do need help and, you know, are, are contemplating Christian counseling versus secular counseling versus, um, biblical counseling, like what would be kind of your, your pitch, I guess, or and this whole episode has, has certainly been a pitch, but if you could kind of speak to those people, what would you want to say? Yeah. Here's the one thing, um, with secular counselors, um, I, I am not a fan just because I want people to ground their identity in Christ. Uh, I want them to receive counseling through the word of God, taking them to scripture, renewing their mind. Jesus has a cure and I don't want them to be stuck in that. Um, with an integrationist, a psychologist who integrates Christian counseling, a lot of times it's take two scripture, call me in the morning kind of thing that's added, peppered in here and there. Mm-hmm. But by and large, it's more man-made therapy, more man-made yeah. theory, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way of man seems right, um, mm-hmm. but it leads to death. It, it's it's not good for your soul. Yeah. And, uh, and so with that, I would just say, everyone needs to be very counsel, careful about where they're getting their counsel from, mm-hmm. even their friends. I mean, yeah, right. Right. Probably counsel you more than anybody um, besides yourself. Right. And in what you're allowing and 
having people speak into your mind. I mean, you got to be careful. Yeah. And, um, but with anyone, I would look at, um, if you are going to go to any type of counselor, you do need to ask them what theories, you know, what do you, what theories do you ascribe to and where are you going to take me? Um, and do you align with that? Even an integrationist, I, um, actually had a job of trying to interview counselors for a church. That was my job to seek some out and then interview. So we as a church could partner with a few. And I had, I was interviewing a Christian counselor and she said, and I asked her, do you use the Bible in your counseling? And this is over the phone and she, and this is not that many years ago. Um, and she's like, I don't use the Bible and I don't use Hallmark cards either. And I was like, okay, then. Wow. And I, I, I'm like, and she was calling herself a Christian counselor. Yes. So what makes her Christian? I didn't go any further in the interview. I didn't think it was probably anybody's time, but in what I'm saying in that you can call yourself a Christian counselor, but are you? And Mm -hmm. so again, it's looking at why do they say what they say? What, what, you know, what are they basing their counsel on? Where do they stand? And what are they going to point me to is if they're going to point you to yourself, you will destroy yourself. We all will destroy ourselves left to ourselves. Right. Yeah. We, somebody who will point us to our savior, somebody who will help us realign our thoughts, mm-hmm. our desires, our motives right. with what the word of God says mm-hmm. and how God can then change us to be more like Christ. Yeah. That's what yeah. we desperately need. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, man. So much of what you said brought back memories of the the one time in my life where I attempted kind of going to a Christian counselor and she came highly recommended. And, um, you know, I'm not saying she wasn't herself a Christian, but like you said, she mostly used, it was talk therapy, you know, mostly used the strategy of like asking me a question, me responding. And then near the very end of the appointment, she would like get out the whiteboard and kind of draw, some theory, maybe we were talking about codependency and she would show me how, you know, this circle and this person and this, and, and it always like, okay, it, yeah, that makes sense. Like I would see what she was trying to communicate. I would see how it maybe correlated to the the thing that I was discussing. And it, it would seem to be helpful in the moment. Like, oh yeah. Almost like greater knowledge and understanding information. Yes. Oh, now, now I'm just, dis- I'm better able to describe what's going on. Okay. But it did not lead me to more hope or more relational peace or more, you know, or like thinking of others greater than myself, the person that was an issue at the time, it led to a selfish mindset of what do I need to get from this person? If they don't give me that, then I'm going to react this way. Not like I have everything I need in Christ and how can I love my enemy in this situation um, while not be, being a doormat, you know, necessarily, but, but what's the right, like the, a godly response here. It was just very, um, and I don't remember her using scripture more than maybe anecdotally in conversation, just kind of referencing something like it wasn't at all a core part of what we were doing. It was just more like, 
oh, you know how the Bible says this, like, it's kind of like that. And, um, I just look at that and I I'm thankful I didn't go very long. Um, because I think I was just like, what am I paying for? Like, this seems like pointless. This seems like it's just kind of, again, navel gazing for the sake of going around in circles and feeling like I processed my feelings and yet it wasn't, it didn't actually lead to anywhere real or foundational. Like it, it wasn't leading me to a rock. It was just kind of dancing me around in circles on the sand. You know, <laughs> that's what it felt like. And, um, and yeah, so I feel for anyone that's stuck in that, you know, mode of just thinking that this is how you get where you want to go. And it's, and it's really not, um, I'm not saying you can't get some good tools here and there or some things that maybe, you know, you might, you might learn something, right. But it doesn't mean that it's, it's going to lead you to where Christ would have you go. Right. And one other thing I want to point out too, I, that I've heard a lot is that biblical counselors are totally anti-medication. They don't want you to go to the doctor. They don't want to look at science. And that is just not true. Mm -hmm. Um, that is just downright not true at all. Now, do we want people to be sure they're not just going to take a pill and wish their, you know, their problems away and never deal with anything? We don't want that. We don't want right. that for anybody. Right. And I constantly am with people who are on medication, but they've never been counseled one day in their life. And they've been on medication for years. And I'm like, what? Um, that breaks my heart because that's your brain, man. You don't get, you don't get two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you just get one. And as the science continues to come out about the effectiveness mm-hmm. of those medications, uh, it's yeah. just not good. It's not no, good. It's not. Good. Um, and so, um, I, yeah, I just wanted to speak into that because some, you know, I will say, I feel like it's a matter of conscious for each Christian individual mm-hmm. of whether should be on medication or not. Um, but I, I believe everyone who is on any medication should certainly be getting some biblical counseling for sure. Right. Um, because that pill is not going to solve your problems. It is like a bandaid on top of a, a wound and y- you have got to get to the infection. You can't mask it with medication. Yeah. You just yeah. can't. Right. 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 Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's like, I'm dealing with, you know, my audience knows I'm dealing with a, a recent hypothyroidism diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, my body's kind of struggling to produce as much of this thyroid hormone that it needs. And so I'm taking a pill that's supplementing that, but my ultimate goal is to get off of that pill. Like I want my body to be healthy without it. Now, yes, for a season, it's helping me function and not have brain fog and remember things and, you know, but but like, I want to be truly healthy, like independent of medication doesn't mean that right. it's sinful for me to be on it, but I, I don't want to be, I never want to become like, well, I guess it's just, you know, my lot in life. And now I'm, I'm not going to seek to kind of get back to a place of, of being able to be, you know, have my body be functioning without it and realize there's a lot of people who maybe don't have that luxury with different, different things. And that's okay. But like you said, it is, it is really kind of checking your heart too, and your own motivations for why you're doing that thing. And and where right. is that coming from? Right. And I would even say, you know, for me, especially one of the very first things before I see anybody is how long has it been since you've had a physical? Because if you're a female, especially if you're a female over 40, 
and you're going to come in to me with any symptoms of depression or anxiety, man, I want your thyroid checked. Um, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. that is such a problem for women, especially. Yeah. Um, but, uh, it, it's definitely worth, not that that's causing all of your problems, but that definitely can cause a great amount of weakness yeah. for you. Um, and we'd want to look at everything, but definitely make sure medically that you're okay mm-hmm. so and deal with the right. spiritual side of the house. Right. And I look at, you know, if you look in, I think it's first Samuel with Elijah and he, he had just killed the prophets of Baal and he ran away, um, from Jezebel who was threatening to kill him. And then he sat under a, or sat on a rock and he's like, just kill me. Right. He was despairing of death. Mm-hmm. He's like, just kill me, God. Like, just kill me now. I want to die. And God didn't go to him and say, okay, you loser. I just rained fire down from heaven for you. And I just did all these miracles for you. And this mm-hmm. is how you're behaving. He didn't do any of that. You know what he did? He sent an angel and he's like, you need a snack and you need a nap. <laughs> That's right. Right. Toddler, and toddler care time. Yeah. We will talk to you after your snack and your nap. And then we'll, yeah. and then I'll do a little bit of counsel. Right. But my counsel to you right now is physically, you have something going on. That yeah. we need to get, you probably got some low blood sugar and right. you're not thinking properly. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And, and, and so I just want to dispel that myth that there may be some biblical counselors out there um, that are totally anti-medication and that, that I promise you that happens with secular counselors too. Right. Yeah. And ideally we, we would love to not have to see you on medication of any kind that your body is healthy, but sometimes mm-hmm. it's not realistic. Mm-hmm. We live in a fallen world. Right. And again, that's the biblical worldview enabling you to have true, you know, empathy and compassion and, and truth in love for people. Like that is, it's just, you're not going to get there apart from God's word. Um, and, and I just, I think that's kind of the, the emphasis of this conversation is some authority is going to decide what you tell yourself, what you tell others, what you are told, what authority should that be in any and all circumstances? Like, is there, is there a single circumstance any of us could enter into or experience that is outside the realm of God's dominion or authority or the impact and the the hope that we can find in his word. Is there anything? No, like there's nothing that can separate us from his love. And so there's nothing that is outside of his domain, you know? And, um, and so I just think that's kind of the, the crux of this conversation is like, who gets to say, and I ask this all the time, who gets to say, like, who gets to say what truth is, who gets to say what love is God does not us, you know, and anything that we echo that is true is because it was true from him first, right? All truth is God's truth. So if a counselor happens to say something that's seemingly helpful and it seems like it's rooted somewhere in the Bible, well, that's okay. That's because it came from there. It's not like independent from that, that it's good. It's, it's good because it's some echo of that. And, um, anyway, yeah, I just, I love this topic and I think it's awesome that, you know, there are people like you who are going back to school and getting, you know, so, um, like you said, so equipped to help others. And I know it's a huge blessing and a great need in the church. So yeah, appreciate all that you do. Well, thank you so much.
Yes, and I thank appreciate you. you for giving us a voice. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> anytime. Have you back anytime. All right. All right. Well, thank you so much, Ursula. It's been um, great chatting with you today. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to listen to this conversation. I pray that it has been encouraging and edifying for you. Uh, Look forward to more conversations soon on this topic with a variety of people. Uh, Next, I will be having a conversation with a friend of mine who is currently a licensed marriage and family therapist who has encountered the uh, just insane push towards uh, adopting new terms, definitions, birthing persons, all of that in her practice. And for that reason is exploring what it might look like to transition uh, from being state licensed to uh, more of a biblical counselor setup and format in her practice. So anyways, just lots of great conversations coming. I'm super excited about it. This is a topic that I've cared about for years and have noticed a trend for years, but not been able to fully put a a finger on what is going on and starting to kind of uncover and see, especially from so many of the testimonies that I've received of how this toxic counseling, uh, and obviously we're not talking about all counseling, all counselors aren't the same, but how some who are having such toxic counseling are really being encouraged to destroy their families, are being encouraged to just dismantle everything and everyone that they love and um it's it's honestly heartbreaking and tragic and sad and it is affecting so many people and so i want to shed light on it and i want to um just ultimately encourage you build you up in your faith and um point you to the truth so thanks for listening and i'll see you next time here on kindled